0: Ye doggies, are you guys ready for this case? Welcome back to Murder blows This week, Cody has done it again. It's been a minute since we've heard from her and oh lordy, did she come back with a good one? Uh this week Cody's gonna talk about the disappearances in the Great Smoky Mountains, which all four of us have lived in or around the Great Smoky Mountains at one point. So we know a lot of the places that she's talking about, and it's knuckin' foot. Crazy it's crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, cool. Uh, Yeah, Cody's going to tell us that. Um, Thanks for joining us. Uh, My name is Maisie, and I'm here with Cody, Sasha,
1: and Appalachian Violet. Perfect.
0: (laughs) Right into the theme song.
1: say before 10 a.m no i i can't really i can always be held responsible because i say that garbage shit all the time Mm. but
2: but but, also every human is responsible for their actions damn
1: it boy howdy i don't know about cody's case but we will definitely learn that in mine tonight
3: yeah well yeah good 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 point all right something popped up on my computer screen sign in with your ea account that's okay EA no. Sports, it's in the game! Electronic
2: Arts can shuck it.
3: There's a free Shove ad. it? <laughs> can shuck it like they an can shuck shirt.
2: it, Guys, I just started recording because you guys were muted, and now I'm no. No. It's okay. <laughs> the moral of the story is eat a lot of Taco Bell. I mean, that's really all I'm gonna leave you with.
1: Um, <laughs> just, that, oh. just that shriek. <laughs> <laughs> i've got a big crazy energy tonight look that's another kid saying right? i know. <laughs> i've got crazy. big dick energy there you go big old wiener energy <laughs> oh god but
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's way worse because that's coming from a 12 year old
2: <laughs> speaking Ooh. about being responsible for your actions i watched a video where these sorority girls Went to a frat party and Mm -hmm. took the chocolate milk out of the fridge and Mm -hmm. pretended to pour themselves a cup, and the frat bro was like, "That's not your, that's not your chocolate milk. That's uh, you wouldn't. What if I just came into your house and took your chocolate milk?" And she's like, "Now you know what consent
0: is." I'm like. (gasps)
1: Damn! Oh my god,
0: that's amazing! That's a thick chocolate burn. It was on Twitter. Twitter always
2: provides me with gems, but also the depression, so... Yeah. You know, it's a balance.
0: Oh my god.
3: That's insane. Well, I'm definitely getting something to eat after this now, since we've talked about food.
2: (laughs) I would hope that you would eat. Well, I
3: ate before, but... I always Ooh. get hungry late at night, but I live in the middle of nowhere. But now I'm like, oh. Because I you're know. in the
2: back room, you have access to food. I do.
3: I'm excited about it.
2: Oh, that joke's not funny because I didn't record the beginning.
3: Oh.
0: <laughs> oh. Fuck
2: me, right? 82 ah. episodes, you would think.
0: <laughs> I mean, you just missed me asking, can you hear me okay about eight times. So thank God you don't have to cut that out later.
2: Oh yeah, Maisie made a booth.
0: It's in a, in other news. <laughs> Maisie made a booth. Oh.
2: My wife.
0: Oh, Top of references. I'll never make
3: a booth because you can't hear me half the time anyway. So a booth. Maybe is one day toilet.
2: the internet will come to you.
3: <laughs> yeah. Somebody on Twitter was like, wouldn't it be great if we put a high rail trade system across the United States? And I'm like <laughs> Can I get internet? First I just want some motherfucking
2: internet.
1: (laughs) If that were the case, then you could just like come to my house and record.
2: (laughs) That would be fun. You really could. So those trains go like 300 kilometers an hour, which is like 160 miles an hour. So it'd be like a two hour train ride. That doesn't seem very fast at all. Hold on.
3: It's faster than four hours. Come on
0: down.
2: (laughs) Casa de Violet I mean two hours is, is my math is bad but no one will know that because I never said between which two points on the map Ooh. Yeah. what am I googling the last thing I googled is why, did, why do dogs roll in stinky things except
3: for if the United States gets a high rail train system it'll be much slower than the ones that are in other countries because yeah. that's what we are.
1: Did you hey. did you say the last thing you googled was why do dogs roll around in stinky things? Yep. I'm pretty concerned too because all I like to roll around in is my sweet and salty scrub. Ooh. <laughs> by Blank Slate Labs, uh which is our sponsor for this episode and every other episode if you haven't heard the bird is the word and by bird I mean the lip scrub I eat on the rig. Um, to put it in perspective, I don't like talking about products that I actually don't give a shit about because I'm a very blunt, honest person. Um, so if I don't like something, I will be the first fucking let you know. But this lip scrub, I cannot tell you how much my lips depend on it. And as someone who talks a lot, I need my lips to be in tip-top shape at all times. So, um, definitely give a look to Arcadian uh grooming which uh supplies didn't they just come out with like a new banana face wash that was Arcadian yep
0: um so I reached out to Allie because I told one of my friends that I had some pomade for him to try because I was gonna give him a full new jar because we had, I thought plenty. And uh turns out John had used all of them and he was almost out himself. So I was like look Allie <laughs> um we're gonna buy some pomade from you uh look out for it she's like no you're not shut up so she sent us some pomade which is super great the clay pomade which john uses every day he's gone through so many jars so quickly um and then she sent us the chapstick the lip balm which has been in my pocket all day i love it so much and then she sent us the banana face wash which here's what i'm gonna say when they were like we're doing banana face wash i was like "Ooh, interested curious Banana can be go one of two ways, it can be like super strong, super pungent, and it could take you out of it. Um, this is not that at all. I was so pleasantly surprised when I opened it up and smelled it. It's like it got a hint of banana, but it also smells like really earthy. Um, I used it last night for the first time in the shower. It foamed, like lathered up really nice. It went on really nice. My skin felt great after I used it. I liked it a lot. It's also a big ass like bottle, too. Like, they're not they're not trying to scam you it's in the shower which is just to my right so if i pause i can go and get it but um yeah it's really great go check them out you can use code Murderblows all lowercase at arcadian grooming.com and check them out at arcadian official on instagram i'm getting the nod from sasha thank you so much i was worried um yeah they're great thanks so much allie and eric Yeehaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need
2: to look up this banana face wash.
0: <laughs> I need a this list. Let me grab it. Hold on a second. I need Are you gonna read it?
2: You sold me on Earthy. Like Earthy is one of my favorite things. Like mushrooms are earthy. Mushrooms are fucking delicious.
1: True that, true that.
2: Also as a wannabe witch.
1: Oh, you know, okay. I'm just going to say it. You know how like all like older, like white people who have struggled really hard in life, like eventually become Christian. Mm. I feel like when I start to get older, I'm going to be like, I wonder if something's out there and I'm going to be a fucking witch. There's just no other option, right? There's no way. There's no way that me, myself at like 42 would be like man i've I've done some hard shit in my life wonder if there is a god no i'm probably just gonna be like actually what if i make a potion and start casting spells and put all that good shit into the universe i'm gonna call that you're gonna own crystals like Ooh. spencer pratt yeah i could i could be a crystal owner Oh, I thought you meant
2: like Crystal's the first food restaurant. <laughs> Violet's like, gonna own a Crystal. Violet's gonna be a franchisee. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna be
1: one of those dudes in like fucking <laughs> knee high khaki shorts and a tucked in polo, coming in to make sure my Crystals is running great. <laughs> Just <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Today's National Cheeseburger
2: Day. <laughs>
3: all the fuck Are we, we all there. starving or what? I celebrated.
2: Like, I ate I ate orzo and meatless meatballs. What is orzo? <laughs> it's a it's a rice pasta hybrid, ah. kind of. From Trader oh.
0: Joe's, it's really good. Oh, I, I did eat habit. the Imposter
3: Whopper the other day. Did anybody else try that? Oh. I love
0: the Imposter Whopper.
1: I thought the only about one it. that calls it that. <laughs> I thought about it, but I didn't.
3: It's really good, and I didn't feel disgusting after eating it like I didn't feel oh, they are huge and I didn't eat all of it I restrained myself and my husband was describing it to me and he was like you can tell the texture is different and blah 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 but I get everything on my Whopper so I can't really differentiate the texture of it but I didn't feel gross and nasty after I ate it like really full and bloated and sick so I was like this is probably better for me
2: all right we're back on ladies
1: oh yeah so you know what else is shitty murder <laughs> she's like wait i'll tell you wait cody uh, why don't you tell us what's really shitty this week is that my cue guys oh it's, it is it's a cue a curly cue if you will
3: okay let me be surprised put my phone on silent so it doesn't yell at me Um, so I decided this goes back before we took our summer vacation. Mm -hmm. Um, I was reading, I didn't know what to do. And I was reading all these awesome books and my husband has been hiking and sometimes he hikes alone and it makes me nervous. Mm -hmm. So I had this book that I got at a convention in Pigeon Forge. Um, it was like a wildlife convention and it was called lost a ranger's journal of search and rescue and i never read it until somebody started a group about people that went missing in the smoky mountains on facebook what and they yeah they recommended this book and i was like oh my god i have that book so i read it and it was about some people they found and some people they didn't and it led me to this other book called unsolved disappearances in the great smoky mountains cody i know right oh fuck
2: how buckled up do i need to be on well the conspiracy first trained so first, buckled
3: a lot of this i'm gonna have to do from memory i let my friend borrow the book and then i was like hey text me the names of the people because i never remember names And the really, really good one that I wanted to do, somebody else that I listened to did a podcast on it last week. So I didn't want to do my whole podcast on that one. So I was like, well, I'll do like four of them. And... (laughs) I
2: like that. Someone did what I wanted, so I'm going to take the rest of them.
3: I'll take the rest of them, but I am going to discuss the (laughs) one I wanted to discuss because I wanted to share it with you guys. And that's partly why I picked the things that I do because I want to see what you guys think of them. So um my sources are the book lost by dwight mccarter and it's of course a ranger's journal of search and rescue um and the book unsolved disappearances in the great smoky mountains written by esther grubb and juanita baldwin and then wbir out of knoxville it's our channel 10 news does an appalachian unsolved and you can go on youtube yeah,
2: WBIR, you stepped up, my friend. Oh my like, god, oh I've not goodness. been paying attention. No, I always oh
3: miss it because it's on like the six o'clock news sometimes. And who has cable? Well, I do, but I never watch TV I mean, at six you o'clock. Should <laughs> I, you should have cable. I have
2: nothing else.
3: I have satellite. I have direct tv. That works. Which they canceled 2020 for the longest time. They canceled ABC, but now it's back, so I can watch 2020 again. That's cool. But the um so you can get on youtube and look up appalachian unsolved and watch all the five six minute videos so i used some of those today for my research Living. Oh. i hope awesome. you excited so the first one is a little boy named dennis lloyd martin and he was from knoxville tennessee he was six years old His family would come camping and hiking into the Cates Cove area from Knoxville, usually on the weekends. And they did this a lot together. And this happened on June 14th, which was Father's Day weekend of 1969. They drove out to Cates Cove and parked their car. They went up the Appalachian Trail and out to Spence Field, which it's about six miles, which is a long hike for a six-year-old. My kid would never hike six miles, uh but they did it often. And elevation of Spence Field is four thousand nine hundred and twenty feet above sea level. That's a lot, right?
2: That yeah,
3: like a lot. Okay, I mean, Lacan's like six thousand, so it was yeah, 2, so 000. that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So the family hikes up there, and I believe that the mother stayed at home this weekend, um, and maybe she was going to drive in another day with another family member, but I can't remember. Um, So the Martin family, they all go up there. I forget how many of them they were, but they met another family, and this family was from Birmingham, Alabama, and the kids met up and started playing, and the adults sat in the field, and they talked. Well, uh, the kids wanted to play a prank on the parents, so the three older boys went into the woods and hid, and they told Dennis, which was the youngest boy at six years old, to go into the woods and go back a little deeper because he had on a bright red shirt, and then we're going to jump out and scare them. So the boys jump out and scare the adults, And it was only like three minutes, and this is in broad daylight. This is in, like, it's sunny, it's nice, it's June. Three minutes goes by out of the other boys jumping out of the woods, and Dennis doesn't come out. And they're like, oh, he's just further in the woods, or he didn't hear his signal. And immediately, his father goes looking for him. Immediately. Well, this was back in 1969, so, of course, pretty much everything was word of mouth. Not that your cell phone signal would really work up there today anyway, but um, immediately everybody started looking into the woods. I mean, this is a six-year-old little boy. He was familiar with the area. He knew where everybody was, and they couldn't find him. So, I guess one of the people in the group went back to Kate's Cove to get a park ranger, and unfortunately, that night, a weather front came in. And at first, it was just really, really windy. And so the wind, of course, this is 4,000 feet in the air, 5,000 feet in the air, actually. So the wind was just howling up there and it's extremely loud. So if they were yelling for him or he was yelling for them, nobody could hear it because the wind was just cutting them off. And then that night, It rained two and a half inches of rain. So the next day, because of the rain, all the clues where he had went were washed away. And the water that was flowing through the mountains was so loud that they couldn't hear anybody. So right away, this was one of the mistakes. Like 1,400 people showed up to search this area, which at the time the search wasn't organized. And so you just had 14 people running through the area in mud, looking for this boy. And included in that 1,400 people was a boy scout troop. So of course that tracked little boy's shoe prints all over the place. So they couldn't really find out where he went if they did see a boy, a little boy's shoe print, the dogs couldn't pick up any sense. Because there were fourteen hundred people up there looking, um, all of the trails were rutted and muddy because they, at the time, they were using jeeps to get try to get up to Spence and try to get more people and supplies up there, and they ended up making the trail up there just pretty much unpassable, um, and he was never seen again, ever. Oh, buddy. So in broad daylight. So there's speculation that maybe his parents had something to do with him disappearing, but there's no details to that. That's just all there is to it. There is speculation that maybe the family they met in Birmingham had enemies and somebody was going to kidnap one of their kids, but kidnapped um, Dennis instead. Um, Even though they don't really know how, the only way the kidnap could have took the little boy is if they kidnapped him, held him somewhere, and then whenever the wind started howling, they were able to get away in the wind and rain without being noticed. Um, But yeah, it's just kind of something that I guess people around here talk about. Like, where the heck did this little kid go? They searched for a really long time, and they don't know if it was actually a kidnapping, or if he just succumbed to the conditions and if the horrible search practices and conditions helped never find him fraud daylight that's the thing that gets me he
2: was wearing a red shirt
3: yeah, and he was wearing a red shirt yeah yikes
2: don't let your children wander off i feel like this is like very um akin to like those stories that your parents would tell you to get you to stop doing shit like playing pranks. They're like, this boy disappeared in the mountains.
3: Yeah. It's crazy. It, it's it's something
1: like that. Definitely. So, yeah, you know what's wild too, right? Um, is that I was actually thinking about this today because uh, I listen to this podcast every once in a while uh, called Someone Knows Something. I've listened and, to every like, the single very first episode, yeah, it's I haven't, like one of my way favorites. not that far into it. Yeah. It's, it's so good. It's but the very favorite. first one is about that, that little kid that like goes missing, you know, and, and it's in the woods, it's on a fishing trip. They were separated yeah. for maybe five minutes in broad daylight. And that is just so crazy to me. Like, I can't even fathom like, like how someone just literally disappears off the face of the earth you know? Yeah.
3: It's really crazy. crazy. I listened to that one too. And they, they cleaned the lake out like how many times? Oh, oh yeah. There's also
1: dogs in there.
3: Let me find it real quick while we're thinking about this. This is a little bit off subject, but I don't know if it's someone knows something or if it was, if it was uncover, but they're both out of Canada and there's this one about a lady that collected cats that disappeared. And of course, that was right up my alley because disappearances and an old lady that con- collected cats. Yes, this is <laughs> called it's, it's the Uncover podcast, and season four is the Cat Lady case, and it has a trailer, and then it has a couple episodes. Which my podcasts are all mixed up right now. I don't know why. It has six episodes. It's really good. It's six episodes
2: just on the lady?
3: Yeah. It's like six different episodes on her. What? Vanishing. Yeah.
2: I can't even do 35 minutes of one case.
3: I know, right? Are there
2: commercial breaks?
3: (laughs) No. They just go really deep into it. It's kind of like serial how it goes from one episode to the next. Mm. Um, it was really I good. love
2: those interviews though
3: yes they interview people that knew the lady that uh, she would come into town and stuff oh it's so good and it's from Canada so they all have like really cute accents um, I want to interview people so bad it hurts <laughs> I know right I just want to dive into a hardcore case and like figure stuff out but I don't have time for that um, um,
2: solve a murder. so the
3: second person is Thelma Polly Melton and she disappeared on september 25th of 1981 in north carolina side of the smoky mountain national park she was a summertime camper from florida she was an older lady i forget how old she was i think she was in her 60s she would go camping in a camper in the summer and stay through fall and polly and two female friends went for a walk on the deep creek trail This trail is an extremely easy trail. It's less than a mile. They walked this trail all of the time because they went there every summer and they stayed at the same campground every summer and they would go on this walk probably almost every day. Um, Suddenly on the way back, the group was joking around and kind of teasing each other and Polly picked up her pace and hurried out of view down the trail which was really odd for her. She didn't usually do that. The others figured that, oh, she's just like, we made her mad about picking on her. And it wasn't really that they were picking on her. They were just kind of all joking with her. And she'll just be back at the campsite when we get back there. Well, they went back to the campsite and there was no Polly. So they went around to all the different uh tents and campers and they couldn't find her. Um. They basically called search and rescue and everybody looked for their for her and there was absolutely no sign of her whatsoever. She just it was like she disappeared off the face of the earth again. Um her friend does an interview on the um YouTube video that I watched. Um, and her friend said that she was such a huge woman. I guess she was like six feet tall and almost 200 pounds. And she just doesn't think that somebody could have grabbed her and like physically detained her and them not notice. Because again, this trail was only, it was less than a mile long. It was like 0.8 miles. So they would have heard something or seen something. And it was a nice sunny day. There wasn't any weird weather that would have cause them not to hear anything. Um her friend thinks that Polly arranged to uh be met at a crossroad in the park. I don't know which crossroad she didn't say. She just thinks that Polly was on her third marriage with no children, and I guess her husband was really really sick and she had to take care of him all the time, and she thinks that Polly decided just to make a new life and that she booked it down the trail and met somebody. And they drove her off and took her away. Um, Months later, a check was cashed in Polly's name in Birmingham, Alabama. It was never proved that it was Polly who cashed the check. Um, Her friend thinks it was her. And many of her friends and family are now deceased. And there's really nobody to advocate for her return. Um, Her friend thinks that Polly got the ending she wanted. And that she just went away on her own. So what happened to Polly? Nobody knows.
2: Oh my god!
3: <laughs> I hate that.
2: That's insane,
3: though. So, so her and notes. that was in 1981. So she would be deceased now, anyway, most likely, unless she could live 35 years after being in her 60s. She'd be like in her 90s or hundreds by now. Out in the woods,
0: living based, her out in the woods, best Polly life.
2: I mean, based on what I know about her, I think it's possible. <laughs> And she's. I. I recently listened to. It wasn't recently, but a while ago. I listened to a podcast about faking your own death. It's Ooh, fascinating. For insurance purposes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> or just not wanting to deal with your third sick husband. T. Yeah,
2: an option.
3: I don't know. That's great. I mean, she. I don't know how she would have even met anybody to get her out of there, though. Because if she's in a trailer in the middle of the Smoky Mountains in North Carolina, like did a stray camper wander in one day that what didn't normally camp there, and she was just like, hey, can you pick me up on Friday? I'm going to go for a hike with my friends, and then I'm going to just run away. Was she, like, hiking along? And she was like, oh, shit, it's 5.30. I got to meet.
2: That could be why she got mad all of a sudden, right?
3: Who knows? I don't know. So then this one, next one, is number three. Um, it's Trenny Lynn Gibson. She was a 16-year-old at And she was from Knoxville, Tennessee. She went to Bearden High School. Um, Her school was planning a hike. And the weird thing was, is I guess this was in 1976. So they didn't do the lovely release forms that they do now. Um, The kids knew they were going to go on a hike, but they didn't know where until the day they showed up to school and they were loading the school bus. And the science teacher was like, (laughs) I love how you're shaking your head. Sasha." I know this is an audio podcast, but, like,
2: no. Yeah, all of this, no. No, this Um, is how people go missing. Yeah,
3: the bus driver was like, all right, guys, surprise, surprise, we're going to the national park. And they were all really excited because they were from Knoxville and they wanted to go see the national park. So their parents didn't even know where they went. They just knew they were going on a field trip. They had no idea where. Such a good idea. Not. Okay. Okay. So I guess she sat with this one boy on the bus that she was acquaintances with. Um, And then she switched up the groups of people she was hiking with. Um, And of course, this is high school students. And again, it's one of those things where afterwards and you're getting interviewed, you're not going to remember the details. You're just going to remember that your friends went hiking and you're not going to remember like, who specifically was in every group? And it's going to be a he said, she said thing. And see also serial season one. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I guess on the way back, she, she got up to the, the top and they were hiking, by the way, they were hiking Andrews bald, which is, um, they parked in the Klingman's dome parking lot, or which is the Forney Ridge parking lot, actually. And you
2: took me to that parking lot. What? Violet's taken me to that parking lot.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, they went up to That's Andrew's right. ball. And this is 5,920 feet above sea level. So this is in the middle of nowhere. Okay. I don't know how many high school kids there were. I Probably should have looked that up. But taking that many high school kids, these were sophomores in the middle of no I don't know what they were thinking. And not telling their parents where they took them. I don't even understand. So she gets to the top of Andrew's ball. And I guess she had a sandwich with her and maybe ate part of it or shared a sandwich with one of her friends. And then she decided that she was just going to go ahead of the group and walk back by herself. Yeah. Not a good decision. (laughs) So this is also October, (laughs) which kind of an iffy month. You never really know if it's going to be hot or cold. Um and that night it got rainy and foggy and the dropping temperatures made it difficult. Um they called in the, the search people. Of course, <laughs> whenever they called everybody back to the bus. I'm skipping around so much, sorry. I'm remembering stuff. Whenever whenever they called everybody back to the bus, they um had to wait like an extra hour to try to find her and they didn't find her. So they just notified a park ranger and took everybody else back to Knoxville. And then her parents didn't get out there till like nine o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, after dark in the rain, it's lovely. It's a mess. Um, I'm screaming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three of six dog teams followed her uh, on the Appalachian Trail. And there's a really populated area there with a tower. And it's like an observation tower. And the dogs tracked her to there. And they asked the people that were at the tower. And nobody saw her. Um, And then the dogs tracked her a mile away to a road where her scent disappeared. So the FBI went to the school and set up and interviewed the high school students and we all know how that goes. We can just listen to cereal. Um, there were a pile of beer cans and cigarette butts found where she was abducted where the dogs think uh, where the dogs lost her scent. But of course this was 1976 so none of that was collected. <laughs> it's just a mess. Um, basically It points to that she got lost somewhere and died in the woods that night of hypothermia because even though it can't get that cold in October, if it's in like the low 40s and it rains, you can still get really cold and get hypothermia and die. Especially if you start to take off your clothes because your body thinks it's really hot and then you're in the woods. But they couldn't find any trail of her, like any marks of where like somebody went off the trail or, and you have to remember like how many high school kids just trod through this trail. So how hard would it be to see if there were any like different paths or anything? I can just imagine a bunch of high school kids, like in 1976, they were probably like smoking cigarettes and like throwing their butts on the ground and like grabbing at the vegetation and pulling it out. God only knows. But in 1981, her father got President Carter in on the case, and they searched the area again. The case remains open 40 years later, and I think she got abducted.
1: I think... Yeah, I mean it's so hard for me too because I I'm really fun fact, um I lived in the Smokies for a long time, uh not as long as some other people, but for about five, six years. And this is also um, the, 70s, the thing is, that people hitchhiked a lot yeah, in the seventies, like it was truly. cool then. Well, and like the beer cans and cigarettes are like very hit or miss, I guess, but um wild boar is what really scares me up there now. But I'm not sure if that was, like, really a big issue back in the day. But, um, yeah. I would, would probably say probably not. They didn't that. have
3: parent consent forms, So they were probably like, what wild boar? Yeah. Wild. Okay. My fourth one. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. I had heard of it, but I forgot about it. And I always wanted to... Um, do the case but i could never remember what it was and i wanted to commit like a whole hour to this but somebody else already did it i didn't want them to think that they're being copied which they weren't i was just like oh i really wanted to do this case um so this guy named william brad bradford bishop jr william bradford bishop jr have you
1: guys ever heard of him no, but he can just have all the names, I guess. He gets <laughs> to keep them all, huh? I'll probably like call seven? him by,
3: like, three different names <laughs> this whole Jeez. story. So, he was from Bethesda, Maryland. And he was a family father man. He had a wife and three sons. His mother also lived with them in Bethesda. I don't know if you guys know anything about a Thesba- Bethesda, Maryland, but it's a really upper class, rich people, a lot of people that are have like high class jobs in DC will live in um, Bethesda, Maryland. He was 39 years old, he accomplished, you know, Yale going to Yale, the languages Army State Department and foreign policy. But his mother and wife always gave him a hard time. um, So that he wasn't good enough and that he would never amount to anything. And so he was always pushing towards higher goals. And I guess the family also had money problems. Um, one day he was at work, March 1st, 1976, and they were giving out a promotion. And Bishop thought he was going to get it, and he it was his goal to get it, and he wanted to get it so bad. Well, halfway through the day he found out he didn't get the promotion. And I mean he's already working for the State Department. For real. But he, I feel like I know the story now. You probably do. It's crazy. Um, he told his supervisor he wasn't feeling well and he went to leave work. He passed a coworker on the way out of his work and he talked to the coworker about not receiving this huge promotion. Uh, this was also on Unsolved Mysteries as well. I just don't know what episode. Um, his co-worker said he was very distraught over this, not getting this promotion. So on the way home that day, he emptied his bank account, which I don't know how much money there was left because I guess they were having money problems anyway. He stopped at a local hardware store and he purchased a shovel, a gas cam, and a hammer. And he filled up his station wagon with gas. He went home. And first he went into his house and it was by this time it was late at night, which is crazy. Cause it said he left work at eight 30, but, or left work early, but I guess he got to his house at like eight 30 at night and everybody had settled down for bed. Um, his wife Annette was first and he took the hammer to her and bludgeoned her to death with the hammer. And then he went to, into each boy's bedroom. There were three of them. They were in their pajamas, already asleep, and he went room to room, and he killed each boy with a hammer, and one person said that there were hammer marks in the ceiling because the kid was in a bunk bed, so when he raised the hammer, it went into the ceiling.
0: Okay, a hammer? A hammer. I mean, we know this, but a hammer is so violent and telling. Yeah. Oh, I'm
3: disgusted. Disgusted. Yeah. Yeah. And then he went downstairs and killed his mother with a hammer. And so you you can imagine, like, the blood pattern that this left in the house. It was just absolutely gruesome. And he's not obviously caring. He's not, like, trying to keep it neat or cleaning up after himself. So he left it absolutely atrocious in that house. He loaded all the bodies into the family station wagon and took the family dog, Leo. He took the dog, like,
2: a dog who's buddy, still alive.
3: Yeah, we're just going for a ride Ugh. with your dead family in the back of the station wagon. And this is like a 1970 station wagon. So it's like a, it's a candy red, but it's like a National Lampoon's station wagon. All right, just to give you the mental picture. So he drove all night. And he drove into rural North Carolina. And I believe this was actually on the eastern part of North Carolina. He found a logging road, which was really hard to spot. He dug a grave. He tossed the bodies. He didn't place them carefully. He just picked them up and heaved them into the grave, poured gas over the grave, and lit it on fire. And he got in his car and he left. So a while later, this was towards morning because he had driven all night, a park ranger discovered the scene because she saw, she or he, I can't remember, saw smoke from a watchtower. So they went down to see what they could do. They tried to put the fire out, but couldn't. So they called the fire, the fire department. It was still burning. Well, after they put the fire out, they found the gas can and tools that were left behind. And the body is they weren't completely burnt yet. So they were able to, they weren't identifiable at the time because they didn't have any ID on them, but they were able to look at their clothing labels and figure out where the clothing was purchased. And they were able to pick up the tools. The shovel still had this price tag on it, which was a sticker from the hardware store in Maryland. So the police are trying to find out like who these people are. They're tracking them to Maryland because of the tags in their clothes and the tags on the shovel. They're trying to figure out what happened here and they they think like it's a murder suicide, but they're not sure so Meanwhile, back in Bethesda, Maryland, neighbors are getting concerned as time passes because when the bishops went on vacation, which was probably a couple of times a year, at least um, they always had their neighbors take care of their home because they had a dog and they wanted their mail um, retrieved and all of that stuff. So the neighbors realized that, Hey, these people, like this house has how many people living? It has three kids, a mother, a grandmother and a husband living in it. And we've not seen anybody come in and out of the house in a few days. The newspapers were getting piled up on the porch. The mail was getting piled up in the mailbox. And nobody had said like, hey, we're going out of town. Will you watch our house? So their neighbor called the police to do a well check. And the police officer was like, this is just going to be a normal well check, whatever. No big deal. He walks up to the door and he sees blood on the front porch, which is understandable considering what happened inside. He goes inside and he opens up the door and he can see blood Like, I guess coming out of the hallway in one of the rooms, and they find this terrible scene. Well, in the meantime, police had finally linked the clothing tags and the shovel back to Bethesda, Maryland. And they identify the burnt family, and they discover that, well, there were three kids and then two females. So Mr. Bishop is obviously on the run. And we need to find him. So they put out a bulletin with the FBI. Because obviously this guy works for the State Department. He has a passport. And he just bludgeoned his entire family and tried to burn them. Um, so it took 17 days later to find the family station wagon. And this is lovely, okay? It was found in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park in the Elkmont parking lot. Which, coincidentally, I went to this past weekend. And the trail that they searched was Jake's Creek Trail, which I hiked this past weekend. No. So, this area, I don't know if you all have been up there. Have any of you been up to Elkmont? Oh, yeah. Okay, so you know it's weird. Yeah,
1: because it's like an abandoned like campground but with cabins and like there's a really big like fireplace still standing. Yeah.
3: So this place is really weird. Like when you go up there you you're like, oh there's like a a community used to be here. But it's really weird because what happened was in the early nineteen hundreds, people that had a lot of money from Knoxville would get together, come to the Smoky Mountains before there was a national park and build this little community where they could just hang out on the weekends. And it's weird to me because this little community has power and water ran to it, which is crazy because it's in the middle of the national park. Nowhere else has power and water that I know of. And it kind of they're built so close together and they're so old looking. It kind of feels culty, like a cult live there or something.
1: Yeah, definitely. It especially like even now when you're like walking down? Because I was told that they were tearing everything down.
3: No, they're, well, they're refurbishing it to make it oh. like a lot of them are falling apart and they had um like a construction crews there, like rebuilding and repainting things. Okay.
2: And yeah.
3: it, it it's definitely wild. culty, like, because yeah. it's in the middle of nowhere and there's, but there's fuse boxes in the buildings, like, and it's really weird because. When the national park came in, in the forties, they chased people out of the national park, gave them money for their land, except for certain communities. I guess they kept for like historical purposes. And this was one of them. So, um, Dwight McCarter, who wrote the lost book, he was one of the Rangers at the time and the FBI, of course, since this guy guy's member of the state department and is really dangerous. They had to search like under these cabins, on top of these cabins, everywhere around these cabins. Um, they had to go up the trail. They had to tell people on the trail, like, Hey, there's a homicidal man that has escaped and his car has been in the parking lot. You guys need to clear the trails. (laughs) They They got dogs and okay. Before that, the car, the actual car that they found, it was his station wagon. And this is like the National Lampoon station wagon. It was beat up inside. There were dog treats in it. Bloody blankets. Bloody tarps. Um, and basically, I think he had some kind of medication and it was left in the car. I'm not sure what kind of medication that was, though. The only things that were missing were him, the dog, and the gun that he was carrying with him, which was his father's gun. Um, so what they did was, um, they figured out that Bishop might've came here because he had, he was really familiar with like backwoods hiking and camping. And they thought that maybe him and his family had visited that part of the Smoky Mountains before, um, they tracked his, they used dogs and they tracked him down to the visitor center, which if you're hiking, that is quite a ways, a couple miles. And the visit, the people working at the visitor center that said that he came in and got maps. So he either came in there to get maps to go backwoods and stay and hide, or he went there because he could have hitchhiked again. This is like 76. So he could have easily hitchhiked out of there and got a ride to the airport in Knoxville. And with his passport, he could have went freaking anywhere. Um because this is still 17 days later. Great. Um also Wait. Yes. Did they What?
2: Don't spoil it. I'll wait. Okay.
3: Were you yeah. going to ask about the dog? No. Okay.
2: But I do like I'm concerned for the
3: dog. Okay. So Dwight McCarter um he searched that whole area and he searched Jake's Creek trail and Dwight found a fresh grave with rocks piled up in a three foot long area. And this was about a mile up either the trail. It was either a mile up the trail or it was a mile off of the trail by a river. I'm not sure which one there's a river on that trail so it was probably like a mile up the trail um there was this grave with these rocks and there was also a newly made cross that was made from sticks that were found in the woods and it was placed by the grave so mccarter thinks that it was the family dog leo but nobody ever dug it up to find out what it was and now it's overgrown and they don't know where it's at (gasps) dumb i'm so pissed (laughs) dumbest thing ever Like why wouldn't you dig that up to see what was in it? It was a fresh grave, and you have a homicide man. How do we know that was another hiker? I mean, he probably just would have like hit him with something, but I don't know. Just makes me so mad. So now there's a grave up there that I want to go find. I'm like, can we like clear some of this brush and find this grave? See if I'll
1: bring a Ouija board.
3: Yes,
2: Leo,
1: gonna do it. If If you're you're here here. Give Do you a give us a roof. Do you want a Scooby snack? <laughs> oh my god, people, yeah. there's a campground
3: there. I wonder if people like hear a dog barking at night. Of course, <gasps> that's one of the campgrounds that you can bring dogs to, so people uh-huh. just probably hear dogs anyway. Ghost dog. Um, so no one ever dug up this grave and. Still to this day, he's missing.
2: No, damn it.
3: (laughs) I got real excited. Yes, no, Uh. no. So there's been tips and sightings over the years. This guy ended up on the FBI top 10 most wanted list. Um, McCarter thinks that he went backwoods camping and realized what he'd done and then just killed himself. I don't think he was that brave. I don't think he would have taken his own life. I think he got out of there. Some people think he stayed back there, and it's like some recluse living out in the mountains. Um, he would be 81 if he was. So,
0: um, They have a hella creepy, like, uh, sculpture. It's a yes. picture of a sculpture of his head, of what he would look like now. I'm going to send it to the... It's his chat, and it's gonna be on our Instagram because it looks like every like Disney old man villain. Yeah, Ew.
3: his chin's weird. I am so glad you brought that up because I meant to screenshot that and send it to you all, and I completely forgot. Maisie, you're my hero. It's going on the Instagram. Don't oh you worry my about God, it. God, I hate him. <laughs> so on the unsolved mysteries, <laughs> they so they they thought that like the FBI thought that there was a guy that was deceased in Alabama that they had already buried. They thought that that might be Bishop. So they dug up up. the grave. and you can dig up that grave. Yeah, they dug up that grave and used DNA, and it wasn't him. And then there was somebody else out in, like, Idaho or Montana that they thought was him and wasn't. Um, So the creepiest thing is, is on the Unsolved Mysteries episode, the coworker that last spoke to Bishop before he offed his family, um, he was still traveling all over the world. And he was traveling somewhere in Europe. I forget where it was. And I didn't have time to look it up. But it was somewhere in Europe. And he was at this train station. And he goes into a bath- the bathroom before he had to leave the city. And he walks into the bathroom. And he sees this guy. And he looks at him. And he was just, he was like, oh, my God, that guy looks familiar. And he's like, are you Brad Bishop? And the guy gets, turns white as a ghost. Looks at him with these huge, eye, bulging eyes, and goes, "Oh my God, no!" Turns around and runs away. Oh my God, no! Oh my God, no! Yeah. yeah, turns around, runs away, and the coworker tried to follow him to catch him, but he
0: was gone. He said, "Oh my God, no! Get away from me!" <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. So, so here's one of two things. It was actually that Brad Bishop, Jimmy Bob Dingleberry Hopper guy, wow, or Smith um or it was just a guy like fed up of being mistaken yeah bob dylan oh jack oh my god no i'm <laughs> like so, he's just so tired he's like oh my god no please stop i've been interrogated by the police 47 times i can't do another one my so name-, name is michael
3: so this is my favorite part right listen to this if you guys have any information on the location or whereabouts of William Brad Bradford Bishop Jr., you can call the Great Smoky Mountain National Park at 865-436-1230.
1: Oh,
2: my God. I love Never her. forget. They're like, don't call the police. Call us. I'll get yeah, it. I'll hate Mountain it.
1: National Park. Y'all. The oh. big
2: 865. Coming back. Oh. Coming back. I do want to say, like, good on you, neighbors, for noticing that people were missing with the mail and the newspapers. But you didn't notice him drag five
0: bodies out of his house at night? And toss them into a grave? Guess what? <laughs> Casually toss? Jesus. <Jeez>, uh, <laughs> maybe Anger just them. Oh, sorry,
2: Jam. You're so innocent. You don't know. His eyes are saucer sized.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a type of exercise. Saucer
0: sized.
1: You just use yeah. saucer sized. Saucer size, you demons. Saucer- I mean,
2: he's putting bodies bloody. Bodies into a station wagon. I yeah. just can't, okay, so yeah, much
0: blood. It took
3: probably eight hours to get from Bethesda down to the east side of North Carolina. Maybe, maybe six hours. Okay, if he started doing this at eight thirty and it took him till like midnight, and he loaded the bodies in the car, if even if he got there around six in the morning, spending six hours in a car with five dead people, do you know how bad that would smell by the time you got there?
1: Oh, dog. Yeah. You know, I got suspicious of this lady on the side of the road hauling a bag of cucumbers. If I saw, like, a bloody... like, Are oh, you no. kidding
3: me? Oh, no. So, that's the thing, okay? Oh, no. So, my husband's like, we're going to go hiking. And I'm like, I'm not going to go on a 10-mile hike. I'll destroy my knee. I'll do, like, a five-mile one. He's like, well, we're going to go up to Elkmont. And I'm like, wait. That's where that bishop guy disappeared. In that parking lot.
0: I can find him. So... <laughs> i do the hike. <laughs> and we go up
3: there. And it's a tad creepy because of all those old buildings. We start walking, and I didn't really know how far we were going. We, we were trying to find this other cabin that is off the trail and it's a homestead from people probably probably around the 1920s or the 1930s, maybe. So it's a one red one bedroom cabin and it's preserved. And you can go in it and sign the guest book. And we were trying to find it it's off the trail so you have to actually look where there's a trail off of the trail and it's hard to find so we get down to this waterfall and there's this guy sitting there he's alone which me and said when we go hiking we have our hiking bag we have our sticks we have water we have bug spray we have rags to keep us cool like we have things okay and more often than not we meet people that are just walking with nothing And that creeps me out because if you see two people walking with nothing, it's kind of like, oh, they pulled over on the side of the road and decided to wander in and see what the touristy national park looked like. But when you come across one person that's an older man and has absolutely nothing on them, you're just kind of like, oh, okay. So we walk up to this river and this guy looks at us and he's like, it's so humid out today. And me and Seth were just like, yeah, it's it's been fucking humid every day. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? So we dip our sweat rags in the water and we cool off and he waves at us and we go on.
2: And you're um, like, are you John Jacob Jingleheimer Smith? Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm walking up the trail and I'm telling Seth about this. And we stopped to look at the map so we could figure out where this cabin was and if we had gone past it and all of a sudden this guy is walking up the trail no and we're just like okay we came upon you so weren't you coming back and why are you walking to us and he didn't have anything with him and he was an older man so of course we have bear mace we have a bear bell we have everything so and i was ready at that point i was just like if this guy's gonna murder us so we're looking at the map, and he stops, and he had his hand behind his back, which made Seth nervous. Uh, and don't this, do that. At this point, I'm just like, we're gonna have to kill this guy because this is what I wait for. You know, this is I am what I have too many prepared day my
2: whole life for this. Exactly.
3: So I am, and I am memorizing him. I am reading his shirt. It said Tipton, New Jersey, on it. I am noting his hair. I am noting his skin. And thank God another couple walked up and he looked at them and he was like, hey, what time is it? I don't know why he didn't ask us that. I guess maybe because we weren't wearing a watch and the other guy that met us was like the couple that was walking toward us. And the couple was like, oh, it's it's almost 12. And he was like, oh, I'm making really good time then. And he just kept talking and talking. And t- finally me and Seth just walked away. It was so creepy. And I was like, At that point, we went and found the cabin and just like kind of, it just kind of ruined our height. Like, (laughs) but at the same time, I'm looking at him like, is this Bishop, does he come back here and taunt people because he's gotten away with it? But the guy, unless the guy got like plastic surgery on his chin, it wasn't him.
0: I was going to say, also, he must have been 107. Yeah, he would be 81 now.
3: This guy wasn't, he was in his 60s. Unless he had plastic surgery, unless he, like, went to Sweden or Switzerland and got plastic surgery and then comes back here once in a while just to...
2: Live the glory days. Yeah.
3: I don't know. But it was the creepy thing. And it was such... It was so coincidental since I had already known what my case was going to be on and my case was this week. So freaking weird. And my husband's like, we're going to go back up there and we're going to camp up there in the campground. And I'm like, okay. Guess what I'm going to think about the entire time?
1: Oh, Billy. Cool, yeah. I <laughs> put up a sign that says, hey, 81-year-old murderer, I did a case on, come murder me.
0: I'm just going to carry the bear mace on a necklace. <laughs> just make a t-shirt that says, I'm ready, I'm watching for you, Billy. <laughs> Billy Bob, Jimmy
1: Doe, just Bishop Billy Bishop Billy. Jr.?
0: I just put his face in like the crosshair sign
3: of, you know, that... <laughs> right. No, no Billy's.
2: <laughs> oh my god, so that's and my case. Pretty Wait. sure my elementary school took us to like arts and crafts time at Elkmont.
1: Mm, wow. Like
2: in one of those cabins.
3: There is a there's a clubhouse there and it's you can still book events there, so it's probably in the clubhouse. Uh, Whoa. Smell
1: musty. <laughs> Let's make hand turkeys. Also, is that a murderer? <laughs> we made
2: <laughs> we made porcupines out of pine cones it could have been worse it That's was
3: very fun
0: really cute so yeah. they
3: provided you with the pine cones and you didn't have to go pick them out of the national force because you can get arrested for that shit now oopsie they wanted you all to get
0: arrested little bitty kids
2: <laughs> i was probably nine so back <laughs>
3: well, then they didn't care they were like nah
2: take whatever Have a
3: good criminal record we didn't tell your parents that we were bringing you here today anyway no, they definitely
2: did cuz it was supposed to be an overnight trip and my mom wouldn't let me stay. She came and got me.
3: In 5th grade we went to Camp McKeever and camped for 3 days.
0: Damn. That's our a whole, lot.
3: Our whole 5th grade class. As someone
2: who just came back from a 3-night camping trip with just 7 people, how how do adults take care of people for that
0: long? Um well it had it was like um
3: you know how remember Bug Juice on the Disney Channel? No. Bug juice. Oh, no. Am I that old? Just look it up. Just Google bug juice later. It's about a bunch of kids that go camping in Maine. I just remember the drink,
1: bug juice.
3: Okay, well, that's what the show's named after, but it was like a summer camp. Like, it had the the buildings for the boys and the girls, and then it had, like, the main hall, and then it had a cafeteria. So there were, like, showers and stuff. We weren't in tents. But there were probably a hundred of us? And they took the fifth graders every single year. How did they cook for that many people? Uh, there was like a cafeteria and they had workers there. Oh, okay. Yeah.
2: So like, your teachers weren't like throwing in on some sloppy joes.
3: Um, no, 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 no. But um, the teachers were, there were teachers and then there were parent chaperones. And so it was really weird because you got to see your teacher in like camping clothes and raincoats. You know what I mean? Yeah. I and know. the teachers slept in our bunks, so it was like having a sleepover with your best friends. But Mrs. Peters was there.
2: Could you imagine that being that teacher though? Because at some point I'd be like, "Shut the fuck up,
3: oh. everyone, sleep." <laughs> Can you imagine the teachers that probably were like, "Oh fuck, it's time for McKeever," like? I
2: mean, fuck I'm this sure that they, they do like the I think I should quit my job with no notice thing right I mean I
3: hope they got overpay for that because that was literally 36 to 48 hours of kids I'm good but I loved it because it was just and it rained the whole time I didn't even care like they took us out in the woods and we had magic spot and we had to be in nature and then we got to just be with our friends and make shirts and all kinds of stuff. It was fantastic in nature, in nature. Do you guys like that? Was that fun? That
0: was fun. That was really, especially like being, I lived in Knoxville my whole life until recently. And I didn't know about any of this stuff. I didn't either. Like I had that book and never
3: read it. I picked it up. Um, because when I went to that um, convention, they had the guy that does the body farm. Yeah, Dr. Best. Yes. And then they oh had God, I love that man. Yeah, and they were talking. He was telling us about the Indian burial burial ground out in Richardson Cove, and I'm like, oh, that's crazy. And he was. They were telling us like about finding bones and all this stuff. And Dwight was there, and he was talking about his book, and I just picked it up coincidentally and then i came across that facebook group and was just like oh there's more people that are missing i want to i want to know about this so crazy but this area doesn't raise aware of missing people because it's tourists they don't even make awareness of missing vehicles because they don't want people to just be like oh it's too dangerous to go there
2: i just if you're listening to this i used to live in the area and there's a lot of drug drug addicts like just be careful.
3: Yeah, it's basically like the middle of nowhere Virginia where everybody's on meth, but they make it look like everybody's not.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it is a fun destination. Please continue going. Just, you know.
3: <laughs> Watch out for homicidal people that might hide in the mountains. Yep. Carry your bear mace.
2: There you go. I think that's a good...
3: That's my know, advice that for the week.
2: <laughs> or... your Your family hatchet yes we had a camping axe and a camping hatchet it was a good time oh lord that's right you did
3: that's what i like did you ever read the book hatchet about the little boy that his mom gave him a hatchet and then he was riding in a plane and it crashed and he had to use the hatchet to survive
1: no that sounds cool though i remember a bunch of kids uh in my grade were reading it though and i think Essentially like the Yes Boris, you have to contribute in this reading conversation? Um
2: I can read.
1: <laughs> this says you're a bitch. No, um sorry. This is how I think my cat talks to me. Um <laughs> either calls me the B word or says hello. Um <laughs> Hello bitch. No, um sorry. Say to me. Most of my reading in middle and high school was pretty much like my reading now and it was just manga Stephen King and that's it (laughs) so I don't think I ever read Hatchet or S.E. Hinton I have an odd love for S.E. Hinton don't ask I don't know can't explain it
3: I probably only went back and read it because I have a kid now and I'm trying to find like interesting books that are educational that he would like but that's all yeah, that's my advice. Carry bear mace. Around your neck. Ooh, are we back to advice week? Yeah.
1: Wait, I Ooh. thought we quit advice forever.
3: Well, actually guess... we quit advice forever, but now I had advice this week even though I never do. Sorry.
1: Plot twist. Um We found advice week, unlike half of the people in the story. We um Advice, advice in Week is no longer
2: missing. <laughs>
1: um did i give this advice i gave this advice to sasha so i don't know if i gave the advice to the podcast um but i have to wake up ass and balls early in the morning like literally before the butt crack of dawn um and to do this
2: hold its pants down
1: uh, no not even it's still all cozy uh the world is cozy in bed (laughs) um uh I know, Boris <laughs> knows my case is coming. He was doing this outside the door. But anyways, Um, so I wake up super early and the only way I can pull my sleepy ass out of bed uh, is if I set my coffee pot to an automatic brewing time 30 minutes early. Also, I keep it in my room, literally like three feet away from my bed, if that even Um, I keep it very close to me and I pour, or I sprinkle some cinnamon and allspice in the coffee grounds prior to the brewing process. So at 5 a.m. every morning, uh, I wake up to the fresh scent of freshly brewed uh, fall autumn coffee. And I keep my mugs in here. I keep everything except for the creamer in my vicinity. and it helps
2: you wake up how's it it going for you it is magical if anything the cats wake me up before my alarm clock anyway it's real annoying don't know how to fix it but now the coffee pot wakes me up first because it's going making coffee right doing the coffee thing
1: yes
2: and I'm like, I wake up and I'm like, oh, am I dying? No, there's going to be coffee soon, though. And then I like get five more minutes of sleep or so. And then I wake up and I'm like, I hate everything, but at least I can have a cup of coffee. It's well,
1: magical. You get to hear that nice, like, I don't know, my coffee pot does this weird thing where it's on like the last couple of drips. It gives that nice little like sizzle. Oh, I don't okay. know what that is. Yeah, it's like
2: the last of the steam.
1: And I'm like, ooh, you ready, bitch. You ready. (laughs) (laughs) You ready, bitch.
2: It's it's great. Highly recommend.
0: I'm pretty envious of that.
2: Is it weird that I have a coffee pot on my makeup table?
0: No, No, is it in your bedroom? Yeah. (laughs) That's hilarious.
2: It's great. We have a chores list on a to-do app. Highly recommend that if you need advice, like, what
0: is it? What's the app called?
2: It's just called Todoist. It's the one that Jeremiah likes. I personally like Wanderlist, but different problem entirely. <laughs> but <laughs> but we just put like all of the chores on the list with a set defined frequency. And like take the trash, take the recycling. That's on the list every day. All you have to do is like peek into the closet though and be like, "Oh, that's just not overflowing. Done." Um but it has taken us like 15 minutes a day to get through the chores list. And everything's clean. It's not overwhelming. Because that part of my anxiety is like a fear of getting started. So
3: I um, try to do that too and it's really good. Except for I had so many paintings last month that my house got disgusting. So now I'm back to the like, oh, I'm going to pick up. I'm going to spend 15 minutes picking up every day. And it's not going to be that bad.
2: Spoiler alert. It gets out of hand real fast.
3: It's true, it does.
0: Hmm.
2: So we got Bear Mace, we got Coffee Pots, we got To-Do Apps. Amazing.
0: Um, I was at work today, which uh, is at a coffee shop uh, downtown, and our front window faces another coffee shop literally right across the street. <laughs> and, um that coffee shop had the fire department there twice on two separate occasions uh so one of them was a medical emergency and one of them was a fire (laughs) and it seemed like everyone was okay because there were still people in the shop but we assumed it was because they it was like a grease fire so uh clean your grease straps clean the hood of above your oven clean your oven. Careful oh, with that.
2: that shit on fire.
0: Clean your pans. Oh. So this is some good
3: advice about ovens that I learned this week. We're in my kitchen and my husband preheats the oven to throw in some french fries that I bought the day before and he he we smell plastic melting. And I'm freaking out because I'm just like where's the fire extinguisher? Mm-hmm. Burn the oven off and he's like it's okay. I can't know where it's coming from if I turn the oven off. And I'm like, but we're going to burn down the house. You need to turn it off. And he's like, I'm trying to figure out where it's coming from. So he pulls the stove out. And so where your plug goes into the wall, the other end of it goes into the stove. And I don't know what the part is called, but there's a plastic piece and it has three slots in it. And in each slot, there is a piece of metal. And those metal pieces of metal have a screw. And when they become loose, since electricity moves and is in motion, these little metal boxes come loose at the screw. And when they come loose, they slide around and they start to melt the plastic, which could start a fire in your house. So who the fuck designed stoves? Once a month, or not once a month, once a year, pull your stove
0: out, find
3: the little piece. No. Tighten the screws. Not doing it. <laughs> or, and the thing about it is, is like one of my friends was like, "Oh, that happened to my stove, and we had to buy the, a new one." The the part, the plastic part, with the metal things, is five dollars.
1: Uh-huh.
3: <laughs> Amazing.
1: Happen, happen to, like you... violet level bullshit? Like maybe I'll just die <laughs> <laughs> Take take me,
0: take me. And only five dollars.
1: Move your stove out.
0: Take uh-uh. the stove off, tighten the screws. Not my job. So do (laughs) rent your oven, so
1: that's fine. I I live in an apartment. I
0: live in an apartment complex. If they can get their shit together to come and check my oven for plastic screws in the back once a year, well, they're metal. Not my deal. But the the
3: pieces of metal are encased in in plastic, and so when the screws come undone, the pieces of metal start
0: moving, and it melts the plastic. Not ready to buy a house. This is me. Not ready to buy a house.
3: And that was after, like, our well pump broke, (laughs) the toilet broke.
2: There was a mouse in the air conditioning. That
3: was after the
0: mouse in the air conditioning unit. Our dog died. Like, yeah. My dad, my Over. dad just had to get a new AC unit installed after he had to reinstall the fence he had already just installed because of the hurricane. Oh, <laughs> so I no. am not here for any of this adult responsibility right now. Yeah, that's been my summer. Like, <laughs> we cleaned
2: the entire house to list it for sale. I went to check the cleaning job done by the company we paid to do the deep clean the air conditioning was broken the <laughs> house
0: isn't two years old <laughs> it's all a scam it's like, it goes all the way to the top i hate it
2: anyway thanks for listening to murder bless. <laughs> see you next week
0: you follow us on instagram or twitter
2: at murder bless thanks bye, bye.
1: No, not like that, cut that out.